Welcome, welcome to the Revive Podcast. I'm Kerry, pastor of Connection and Discipleship here at Neighborhood Church. Thank you for joining us. Each week we create and curate resources to help people thrive in Christ, and it's all available at neighborhoodchurch.com slash revive, R-E-V-I-V-E. So today I'm here joined again. I'm happy to welcome back to the podcast, Pastor Terry Lambert. Terry, good to have you. Thank you. Good to be here. Awesome. And I'm really excited to welcome a new person to our podcast. Not necessarily new to us. He's a good friend here and a great guy here at our church, but new on this time, this episode, it's uh, Brent Oswald. Brent, good to have you here. Great. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, man, I thought it'd be good. We're going to be diving into a special topic um, this time, and it's, we're going to be talking about work and work as worship and a bunch of cool things about understanding our careers, our work, our calling. And because we're going to be diving into that, I thought it'd be good to hear from both of you guys just to share a little bit of who you are and what your experience has been like with work specifically. So uh, we could start with you again, Terry. Um, what, what has your experience been like with work through the years? Um, it's been a, a focused interest of mine because I think that throughout the years, particularly in the last uh, probably uh, two or three hundred years, the, ch- the church has not spent, in my estimation, the church has not spent enough time on the topic of work, even though scripture does spend a lot of time on it. Uh, in the last, I would say, 50 years, there's been kind of a revival, a new awakening to what scripture has to say about work and a number of good uh, books being written on that topic. And it's bringing to our attention the fact that work is very much a part of God's plan. Work is very much part of who we are. And there's some good things about it that we can begin to embrace and understand to make work even more enjoyable and worthwhile. Yeah. And, you know, part of your story, if I remember correctly, Terry, is that you did work outside of the church pastoral context before coming to join our staff here at Neighborhood Church, right? What kind of jobs did you hold? Um, I worked for Pacific Telephone and AT&T as an account executive. I was a trainer in a couple of different companies. Uh, I actually did some work in the automotive industry as a consultant, helping dealerships come up to speed on some of their processes. So uh, it's been probably a 30, 35 year career uh, in the non-vocational ministry. Yeah, and let's not forget your your year stint in the circus, traveling around the states too, right? All right. Remember that? The, the <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Wait, is that neighborhood church? We could probably define circus a couple different ways with that, but <laughs> yeah. But I think it's just so relevant to hear that. Yeah, you were working in various different vocations um, throughout different career situations before you came into a, you know, what we would call traditional pastoral ministry role on a church staff. So I think that's really relevant. Um, I do want to weigh in on, on Brent, too. Brent, you're coming from the workplace. I think you're are you literally Zooming with us from work today? Uh, I am. Yeah, I'm on my lunch break um, from yeah. from, I guess, my home office during our wonderful COVID time. Um, so similar to what, to what Terry's saying, I mean, I've been very passionate about the idea of work and the opportunities it, it brings uh, being a Christian in the workplace. Um, and we'll talk about that as we move through this. But uh, my my personal journey real quick has just been, you know, I've 
I've had different industries that I've worked in from baseball industry to uh, construction. And now uh, I'm a managing principal for a healthcare architectural firm. Uh, we're about 41 people and we focus primarily on hospitals in Southern California doing architecture uh, for them. So we design emergency departments, um, you know, MRIs, cath labs, anybody who's familiar with Miller Children's Hospital in Long Beach, we just finished the Children's Village project, which was nice. a 80,000 square foot uh, new building. So it's been exciting. I have really enjoyed it, but it, I would, I always tell people, I would never tell my, I would never ask my high school counselor, how do you become a managing partner at an architectural firm? <laughs> and then explain to them <laughs> the journey I've taken. It really just shows you the involvement that God has had uh, in placing me at all sorts of different places. So. Wow. That wasn't on a, a brochure on the desk at the career center? To... No, not at all. No, they didn't say, <laughs> yeah, start baseball. <laughs> yeah. Don't ever go to architectural school, you know. So I, and for those of you who are wondering, I'm not an architect. So it's been an interesting journey. Man. Yeah, it's so good to have you here with us, Brent. Thank you for uh, patching in literally from your work day. Uh, to talk about work with us. Mm -hmm. I, <laughs> sure. Man, I love it. You know, I'm really excited to dive into this topic with you guys today. We, uh, one of the things we were talking about before we pressed record here was just talking about where work comes from and, uh, and talking about Brent, you had mentioned Genesis too. So going way back to the beginning, start at the very beginning, a very good place <laughs> to start, just channeling my Broadway there. But what, uh, what would you guys say is, um, how do we understand work from the very beginning, from what God designed, you know, all that? How can we start with that basis as we talk about work? Yeah, I wouldn't mind jumping on this one. Um, I, I can actually remember where I was uh, and what year it was. It was 2008 and I was in a study, uh, Bible study. Um, and we were discussing Genesis chapter two. And, and in that is talking about it's following the creation of the world and it's talking about Adam and Eve. And we started getting into this conversation about what Adam was doing, what God had him uh, basically working on. You know, he was supposed to be caring and, and uh, caring for the garden, actively working in the garden, taking care of all the plants and so forth. And then he was given the task of naming all of the animals. And we started talking about this concept of work, and, and I realized that I had a misconception my entire life, that I had thought that work was almost penance for the fall of man, mm. that because of our sin, we had to toil and, and you know, had to strain under this yoke of work. What I realized was work has always been there, even before the fall. God worked, Ab and Eve both worked in what was perfection, right? Um, the world before sin was perfect, and they were still working. Uh, angels have jobs, right? And what I realized also is that when we pass away someday, the likelihood is that God's going to turn to us and say, hey, well done, good and faithful servant. You have these skill sets. Here's your job in heaven, <laughs> And we're probably going to have jobs in heaven. And I have just realized that work is not bad. Work is not evil. And it just changed my perspective to realize that work is godly and it is good. Mm. Um, and so it 
with that, now I can approach it from a different standpoint rather than going, oh, darn it, I have to go to work now. So now it's okay. God's giving me this opportunity today. What am I going to do with it? Brent's concept and understanding that work was a result of sin is not uncommon among, I think, churchgoers. Uh, but if you look at Genesis, as Brent was alluding to, uh, God worked in first in the first chapter of Genesis. In fact, and I think it's uh, Genesis 2, 1 and 2 and 3, where he says he rested, but it says specifically that he looked at everything that he had done and called it work and said it was good. So work was actually created before sin was. And um, being that God worked, he then created us in his image and consequently we were created to work. That is one of our, our um, primary purposes in life is to work. And also, as Brent alluded to, I, th I think Father God is going to redeem creation. And that, as Brent said, we are going to take um, our capabilities, our giftings, our experiences into eternity, and we're all going to work. That's what Father God had originally planned. He's going to redeem creation so that we go into eternity with that uh, possibility and potential, and we're going to be able to work and do things productively and wonderfully throughout eternity. In other words, glorifying God is not just sitting around on clouds playing harps. It's actually <laughs> doing something that will uh, benefit. Yeah, man, it's good to hear that, like, not only was work untainted and a part of our existence before the fall, before sin, um, like here, Adam is tasked with naming animals in chapter two. He's told to have dominion over the animals and fish here at the end of chapter one, um, that, that he has these tasks, but they're, they're somewhat joy-filled tasks. It's not like Adam sit at this desk and fill out a TPA form for HR. Like, you know, how, <laughs> how, how mindless or boring, you know, no, he's given these tasks to do that. He's being creative. He's, you know, it's cool. So to think about if, uh, you know, if, if the end of all things and the new heavens and new earth is like kind of a Garden of Eden 2.0 yep. in, in a beautiful city, um, mm -hmm. then we can look forward to work being uh, a part a sinless and also enjoyable and creative. What, what great hope we have. Yeah, absolutely. I, absolutely. You know, Brent, you had mentioned, too, about um, just the uh, work being um uh, just a, a lot of other great elements of work that you had realized that you had gone through your journey. And thank you for sharing that first realization that you had from back then. I think you had mentioned that you'd gone to um, Biola University's MBA program. Yeah, and, and I graduated in 2008, and that's probably where uh, a lot of this originated from. Um, nice. Because because I think actually that, that event that I was at was a Biola event. Um, where I started realizing, oh, work is work is not what I had originally thought. And so going through that program really helped me define how I wanted to approach work moving forward. And, and, and they pushed this concept on us, which I completely agree with, and I have adopted 100%, which is the concept that the marketplace or work in general, right, is really the greatest mission field there is on the planet. 
Um, and it's so unique in the fact that if you take my company and what we do, uh, we have a project we're working on and we have to bring in different skill sets of individuals to work on this project. Different engineers will come in, a civil engineer, a mechanical engineer, and so forth. And we're interacting with individuals who are, you know, originate from all over the world. You know, we're talking to people who are from India and from Asia and from, uh, you know, Eastern Europe and so forth. And they have amazing skill sets and they're wonderful at what they do, but they have different belief systems, different cultures. And we all come together and group together to work on this common goal. And if you look at it from the point of view of God and you realize that one, work is good. Now, what am I going to do with this? God has said, God, and to me, God has basically brought to me this opportunity to have all these people come to my doorstep. I even have, haven't had to really even work at it. They're now right in front of me. What am I going to do with this opportunity? Right. And so uh, I just see that concept of the marketplace being a mission field as, as paramount to how Christians should be focusing on what work means and, and how we should take opportunity of it. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, I think, man, to think that these people, you're already working together. You're already there. They're, everyone's already you're not having to raise money for a plane flight to go to a foreign country and then try to share something with people you've never met before. Um, we right. still do that because those people still need to hear the good news about Jesus, but you're literally with these people all the time and you already have building relationships. Uh, that's great. Well, and, and, and just to give, just to give kind of just a personal example of that we have, I have a mechanical engineer, mechanical means they're, they're working on air conditioning and heating right in a building. And they're engineering these very complex systems in hospitals. And I, there's this one engineer we really like working with, but he, uh, he'd like to grow our relationship between our two companies. And so he's invited my wife and I to dinner before with his wife and him. And so you have opportunities like cool. this that come up quite often to have lunch or to have dinner or to go you know, you know, meet with somebody on more of a personal level. And in a lot of those circumstances, you can talk about what's going on in your life, what you've done at church, or just flat out have a discussion. I've had, I've had discussions with clients before about what the meaning of life is. It kind of mm -hmm. goes all over the place. But um, it, it, it can be fascinating, just this concept of, of how work brings these people to you. I, I just enjoy it all the time. And many times those kinds of opportunities uh, show up just because believers have a different value system and work differently. In other words, uh, we, we respond to things differently, hopefully with good ethics. Uh, we respond to things differently with um, the way we re react to challenges in the workplace. And consequently, uh, there is opportunity for people to observe us, our lifestyle, our values, the way we respond to things and say something's different about that person. And it can prompt conversations that then lead into all the things that uh, Brent's just alluded to. Mm, yeah, it's so true. Right. But I, I would also add to that what I tried, it, it's a balance, right? Uh, and what I mean by this is, 
I don't want to all, I don't want to be the Christian in the workplace that's just hoping people see my lifestyle and go, oh, something's different. And that is true. Uh, that is important. But I also want to be a little bit more proactive and actually have conversations about what I do believe at times. Or, um, you know, I was at church and there was a sermon about this. And, and, and it can come up a lot of times in conversations. Um, but to kind of piggyback off what you're saying, Terry, I also think that we as Christians have a responsibility to be the very best at what we do, no matter what it is. Uh, at any level, it doesn't matter. And the reason why I think that we have that responsibility is so that we can attract others to us. So I've, I've seen this before where uh, an individual who is a Christian is just really good at their job and it doesn't have anything to do with Christianity. It's just whatever they're working on. And what happens is the people who work with them respect that individual. They gravitate towards that individual because they're an expert in their field. Uh, and again, it doesn't matter what that field is, but they're they're an expert at it. And once you st- once that individual starts gaining that respect, it opens the door to the possibility of witnessing and having people actually want to listen and understand what's going on. Mm. Versus if I was the slacker and I was the underperformer, and then I find I try to reach out to people about Christianity, the likelihood is there's probably gonna be a lot of closed doors and people are kind of rolling their eyes and moving on. So, so true. Yeah. My wife yeah. Uh, worked on a floor, a floor for 12 years as a nurse, speaking of hospitals. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so she's not at that position on that floor anymore, but there was another um, gal on the floor who was very well known to be a Christian and would invite people to Christian things, but her work ethic was not, not great. Um, in fact, she had a reputation for being kind of lazy and so it's just frustrating to, you know, for my wife and for other Christians on the floor to say, wow, you know, here she is trying to present and share Christ with people. But, um, but when they see the work she's doing, um, it doesn't, it's not opening doors for them to be wanting to listen to her. Um, yeah, that makes a huge difference. I, I've always thought that, that Christians or Christian institutions uh, should strive to be centers of excellence mm. right if we're the best at everything that we're doing if if the world constantly is going you know what the best in every category are christian organizations or christian individuals it 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 draw it's a magnet for people it's a magnet for organizations it, it just pulls people in to want to to want to be good as well you know we're all attracted to really good products you know everybody we all like our Apple iPhone. Why? Because it's the best. Uh, we're attracted to that. So in the same light, we should strive to be the best. Mm. Yeah. I concur with that wholeheartedly. Um, and Brent, if you don't mind, I'm going to add something to it. I think mm-hmm. that as I've, in the last couple of weeks, I've been doing some reading on work. And one of the authors, uh, Tim Keller, who has done some extensive work in this area, talked about three different purposes of work. And one of those is probably makes sense to most of us, and that is to fulfill our calling. In other words, we've been created, as we've already alluded to from Genesis 1, we've been created with capabilities, with talents, with giftings, 
And God has designed us to be able to do some things and to do basically to be able to do them well. So it's our responsibility in my estimation that we do our best to fulfill our calling. And as you alluded to Carrie a few minutes ago, so that when we do enter into eternity, we're, we're told well done. Mm. But I think there's two other um, aspects to why we work and why we should work hard and work to do our best. And one of those is called the common good. In other words, we have the opportunity to, for our work to actually benefit the common good of humanity. Um, it may be by building hospitals from an architectural standpoint. It may be from doing education. It may be from being a pastor. It may be from being a salesperson. But the point is, the common good is something that should also be part of our focus, that we are working so as to benefit uh, the people in our circle of influence, the people around us, the people even in the world, if we have a circle of influence that, that goes that far. But then Keller went one step further and he talked about working for the work. And what he meant by that was to work so that the work itself is benefited, that we are adding to it, that if we're an accountant, we're enhancing the accounting process. If we are an architect, we're doing good stuff that actually benefits and can progress the field of architecture, that sort of thing. And part of the reason he gave for this was he was quoting a lady, Dorothy Sayers, who wrote back, neck, uh, back near the uh, turn of the century, not the 20th, but the 1900s. And what she said was, if we work just for the common good, we could develop an attitude that says, now humanity owes me something because I benefited them. Whereas if we work for work's sake, we are adding to the work and there's no one who we could feel obligated from or to. So I thought that was, for me, it was mind opening because working just for the work has a good purpose in it also and can add to the work that we do and the purposefulness of it. Yeah, and, and I, I agree with you on that, Terry. And, and I'd like to add to that a little bit on both of your points. Um, so I, I have a personal uh, belief anyway that kind of piggyback off my last point of um, Christians need to be the best uh, at their work, you know, to the level they can be. Um, I personally believe that God has given me opportunities to grow as, as far as I can in my career. And by doing so, that has allowed me to influence uh, the culture of our firm. So in regards to your comment of the common good, um, let me kind of just address this from a, from the, the industry I'm in point of view. Our, the architectural industry uh, is interesting. Um, it's kind of a, it can be a bit of a sweatshop industry. Uh, people, you know, young people get in, they're working crazy long hours, uh, sometimes 70 to 80 hours a, a week and they're working salary and not getting paid for these extra hours. And there's a big push. And then also when projects 
don't come through. There's there's a lot of hires and a lot of fires and so forth. Our firm has never really been that way, but but when I came into the position I'm in, I've really started working to implement a more of a servant leadership mindset uh, in the culture. And what's interesting is I head up the recruiting in our office and I interview individuals from all over the United States within architecture. And when they hear of the culture that we have in our firm, which is about servant leadership, which is about balance of life and work, they are amazed and they want to immediately join. It, it's fascinating. It's because the precedent has been set across the industry to not be anything like that. So I have felt that God has allowed me to grow, to then really impact the people that we work with. In addition to, you know, the idea of work is, you know, should be in itself be benefited. We have a concept at our office of just continuous improvement. We've really adopted this over the last 10 years. We want everybody to engage in this concept of, of finding things that aren't, aren't done well and improve upon them. And that's coupled with the fact that we all have to be humble. Even if it's my idea that's wrong, let's fix it. So anyway, it's just great opportunities uh, that I think when you approach work from a Christian perspective, uh, it really just changes how you approach the whole dynamic of the opportunities that God has given you in the workplace. Mm. I love that, Brent. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, it's just so multifaceted how work can be a good thing for us to experience and a way to bring us life, but also to impact the cultures of the organizations we're in, the individuals that we're interacting with, like it's just so multifaceted, man this has been a really good conversation. And, and I know um, you, if, if you are out there who are listening to this, um, would like to know more, um, just so you know, uh, Pastor Terry had been scheduled to preach about work at our Los Al campus uh, here September 5th. So um, that's going to be a resource online that we'd love for you to, to check out as well. Um, Terry, is there any kind of parting shots or final thoughts you'd love to leave with us uh, as well? Um. I'm going to try and answer a question in that message. I've entitled it Work Matters. And in the, as we've alluded to in the first part of Genesis, we have been uh, created in God's image. God works, so therefore we do. And so our work actually does glorify God. But then Paul says in 1 Corinthians, glorify God in your work. So our work already is is a is a glorifying God, but then Paul says to choose to do that. So the question is, which one is it? We'll answer it. Ooh, <laughs> leave you on the edge of your seats. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, we do hope you'll join us for that, man. Thank you again, listeners, for joining us to hear from Terry and Brent this time, and thank you, Terry and Brent, for joining us for this episode of the Revive Podcast. It's been good having you guys. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having me. Man, good stuff. Well, we've got a bunch of other resources related to this and, and more on Revive uh, on our website, neighborhoodchurch.com slash revive. So go ahead and check that out. Thank you for joining us here today. If you found this episode helpful, share it with a friend. 
and keep reviving your soul by subscribing to this Neighborhood Church podcast on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. Again, you can check out everything at neighborhoodchurch.com slash revive. You can also find us on our Facebook page, on Instagram, or at our Neighborhood Church of Cyprus and Neighborhood Church of Los Alamitos YouTube channels. If you have any questions, you can write me at Kerry, K-E-R-R-Y, at neighborhoodchurch.com. And we hope you can join us again next time. Uh, Until then, we pray that God continues to revive your soul.